Thank you, Brother Don. She's going to learn to play that piano one of these days. <laughs> Good to be here tonight. Good to see each one of you here in our uh, services. And uh, somebody said you wasn't coming back, Sister Sandra. I, you know, it's, uh, I don't know who may have said that, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you here tonight, good to, uh, to be a part of the services. Uh, would like to invite your attention to Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, uh, I changed things around a little bit. It's, uh, our operator back there got all upset with me. But, uh, <laughs> what I'd like for you to consider tonight is uh, preparing God's children. Preparing God's children. Ephesians 6, verses 17 through uh, uh, 20. Apostle Paul, probably one of the greatest writers uh, ever. Uh, But I think this reading that I want to read tonight in the scriptures in the book of Ephesians, he's written out of a heart of love. And... uh, I, th- I think we can, when we look at this and see the, uh, some of the things he allowed to use him in a, uh, in a great way. And that's all God wants from any of us, to allow him to use us in a, uh, in a great way. And uh, it's not what man thinks, it's what God thinks. That's all that matters, folks. And uh, sometimes man's not always pleased with uh, what we do. But man's opinion's not always uh, that important. The most important opinion is one God has of what we're doing or not doing. And uh, we must always remember uh, that. And Apostle Paul was one of the, not only one of the greatest writers, but one of the greatest servants uh, of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. And he allowed him to use him in such a marvelous and fantastic uh, way. Thank you. <laughs> Read with me if you will. Y'all, y'all understand this one of these days. Y'all probably most of y'all don't understand that right now, but one of you ways you will. But uh, begin reading in verse seventeen, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just... Once again, come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thankful for this privilege and opportunity that you've given to me to stand before this eternity-bound people. I thank you for your hope that you give each and every one of us. I thank you for the grace that sustains us. And I pray, Father, in a very special way that you might be with this church and that you might guide them and direct them in every decision that they've made and they will make in the future. 
We ask you to be in complete control of everyone involved. We even ask you to be in control of the one that, they're, uh, that, that you're preparing to come, the pastor of this great church. So I ask you to even prepare him even now, that he might know where he's supposed to be, and this church might recognize the one that you desire to be here. Again, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for caring about us. And we just come to you tonight in behalf of so many that have expressed special interest in our prayers. I know you know about them, and I know you care about them. And I know you love each and every one of us, and we just thank you for that. Now, bless this time that we have together. May every decision made, and each thing said and done, would exalt the very name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. These things we ask in his name. Amen. Amen. Apostle Paul became a martyr as Christ, so Christ could be glorified in his life. Now I want you to notice some of the last words that he had to say in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. He did, and he was a martyr for Christ. Now, any time will you find Apostle Paul complaining about his lot or the suffering that he had had to endure for the cause of Christ? Not one time do you find him complaining any way whatsoever about the suffering he had to endure for the cause of Christ. In these verses of Scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I want you to read them with me, if you will. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all, unto all them also that love his appearing. Isn't that exciting? I don't know about you, but it is to me. I, I get pretty excited about that because that's uh, 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 the writing of, that he uh, shared with us is pretty important to each and every one of us. Not only was it important to him, but when we look in other scriptures, he counted glory. He counted it glory to suffer for Christ. And uh, he said that in verse 8. But I want you to look in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. And I know that most of you and some of you will probably uh, have this memorized. But listen to what he said in Romans 8 and 18. For I reckon, that's, he must have been from Texas. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Better days ahead, folks. Better days ahead. I want us to notice three points from our text tonight. Preparation through prayer. Preparation through the precious word. And preparation through participation. That's... Maybe last, but it certainly is not the least of importance. Preparation through prayer 
If you will, look with me in verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. Listen, folks, and I know I deal with this a lot. But there's a good reason that I deal with prayer a lot. Prayer is the most valuable tool which we have as God's children. And we need that tool to communicate with God. We need that tool not only to communicate with God, but to communicate in behalf of others, of our sisters and brothers in Christ. I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but tools, if you don't use them, and you leave them out in the weather and South Texas here, you know what they do? Yeah, they tend to do that. I remember when I left East Texas, I was pastoring in Athens, and I bought this aluminum building, 10 by 10, and I tore it down, I brought it down here, and I set it up in Pasadena. And it wasn't a year, it was gone. It had rusted out. Beautiful South Texas weather. Listen, folks, God used unspent times in prayer to gain a foothold. What is that old saying, uh, uh, an idle mind is the devil's workshop? That is so, so true. Second Peter said that the, our sir, our the devil is like a roaring lion seeking about whom he may devour. He doesn't quit. He doesn't give up. We need to understand that, folks. If he can get a foothold in our life, there's so many examples of that in the Bible. Remember Peter? The Lord Jesus at his crucifixion? He said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. That was the furthest thing from Peter's mind. Never, never in Peter's wildest imagination did he ever, ever think that he would deny the Lord Jesus Christ being Savior of his soul. But what did the Lord say? Before the cock crows three times, you'll deny me three times. What did he do? What happened to Peter? And the moment, that third time, he realized and he remembered the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it broke his heart. It tore him up. But that's what the devil does, folks. If you know about David, I tell you what, David was a great man of God. He was a great king for the nation of Israel. But the devil got a foothold in his life and almost destroyed him. And caused him not only to become an adulteress, but a murderer as well. There's so many others that we could talk about tonight. Remember Thomas? So many folks. But I won't go into all that. But we as God's people... We need to pray for each other so that the devil will not get a foothold, not only in this church, but in our families and in individuals. Do you think he's going to quit? Do you think he's going to keep um, uh, not attacking you? He's going to keep attacking you over and over and over again. 
He don't stop. Listen to what James said in James 5 and 6, 16. James 5 and 16, he said, uh, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. And the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Do you think it's profitable to confess our sins to a righteous and holy God? Yes, it is. And sometimes it's profitable for us to confess to one another and ask each other to pray for us about those weaknesses that we might have. You know that? Does it really hurt for people to pray for us? Pray for others? No, that's what James is talking about. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. The greatest tool that we have is the power of prayer that we have uh, individually. Do you know that nobody can know that you're praying even right now except for God? You know, we go into the uttermost part of the world and there's so many places in our country that people can't pray publicly. But you know what? They can't really keep them from praying because they don't know what they're doing. You know, we can, we can stand, I can stand right here and pray and you wouldn't know it. And that's one of the greatest tools, no matter where you're at, whether you're on a job, whether you're at school or whatever it is, we need to pray for each other. So very important. Daily prayer also will help our attitude. (laughs) Our attitude toward each other. Maybe our attitude toward the people that we work with. Maybe the people that we have to do with. I tell you what, those guys that I have to work with are horrible. And I'm going to see most of them tomorrow. Mission builders. Daily confessions to a righteous and holy God will also make us realize and understand and remember our unworthiness before a God that saved us and set us free from the bondage and captivity of sin. Did we deserve that? No. Do we deserve the love of God? Do we deserve the mercy of God? No, we don't. But because of the grace of God, we have and we can enjoy it. Thankful every day, folks, for that. Daily thankfulness will make us realize that our needs are supplied by a righteous and holy God. You know, it's amazing. I, I, I look back and see the things that so many people have gone through, not just recently, but even before that. There's been storms after storms and ice storms even. But can't we be thankful still? For what God is doing for us. What he continually provides for us. Folks we need to have a thankful heart. Because regardless of what we're going through. We have a great God. That's taken care of us. And already supplied us with more than what we ever dreamed about. Preparation through prayer for God's children. Who's God's children? Yeah. Those that are saved and washed in the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is so very important that we understand. 
preparing God's children through prayer. We need prayer. Don't stop praying. Whatever you do for one another, for your family, for this church, for this country that we live in, for this state that we live in, for this nation that we live in. They all, everyone needs prayers. And God will hear your prayers. But I want you to notice something else. Preparation through the precious word of God. Look at verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Do you know that God's word has the answer to every problem that we have? And I know that Sister uh, Roseanne is a teacher and she has the answer to all the questions the students answer, right? Okay. <laughs> What's her name? Erica? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but listen, folks. The precious word of God is an offensive weapon. That we have. It's an offensive weapon. That we have. And 66 books. And they are all relevant. To our life. I don't care what problem. That you're dealing with. What problems you may have to face with. From time to time. The word of God has the answer. To all of them. Now understand. I'm not saying I do. Justin may. But I don't. Study the word of God. Listen to what he said in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for pre-proof, for correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. When we talk about all scripture, which ones are we talking about? That's what it says. All scripture from Genesis to the book of Malachi, from the book of Matthew to the book of Revelation. All 66 books is relevant and important to each and every one of us. Listen to what he said. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof. For correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Are we to be busy about doing good works? Yeah, not to be saved, but because we are saved. Is there work that needs to be done? Oh, yes. Physically. Spiritually, there's so much work that needs to be done. Here in this building, in the parsonage, and it's going to take everyone collectively getting together and sometimes getting a little bit dirty. Christ used the word of God in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 10, every time he was tempted. By the God of this world. Listen folks. Over and over again. 
when he looked in verse 4 of Matthew chapter 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Again he said, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt tempt the Lord thy God. Again in verse 10, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. Wow! We ought to read those verses of Scripture over and over again. We have a God that's greater than the God of this world. You know that? And whatever problems, whatever we have to deal with, He's able to take care of it. And we can be victorious over the God of this world if we'll just trust Him to give us victory. He's a great God, isn't He? He's a good God, and He cares about what's going on in our life. There's a lot of folks that may say they care and may not care at all. But folks, I don't care what you're going through. My God cares. Your God cares about what you're going through. But then there must be preparation through participation. We must learn to become a participator instead of a spectator in the Lord's work. That's one thing I... I, I hated to sit on the bench when I was playing ball. I really did. If it was football, basketball, baseball, I didn't care. I wanted to be out there participating. Didn't you? I mean, that's what we want to do. We don't want to be on the sidelines. Well, guess what? That's what God wants us to be doing in the Lord's church. He does not want us to be spectators on the sideline. He wants us to be participators in the Lord's work. And that's what we need to be doing. And what makes a difference here, folks? We cannot do this work alone. You cannot do it alone. We need help. And God is willing to help us. And we need to join hands and join together and get the work of the Lord Jesus Christ done. Is it easy? No. Is it difficult? Yes. But we have a helper. We have a helper. And his name is Jesus. But, he said, I'm leaving a comforter here. I'm leaving the Holy Spirit here. And you know, we can't see him. But we can feel him. Because his presence is so overwhelming in our lives and in the service of a living God. He's real and He's alive and He's here in our services tonight. The Holy Spirit of a righteous and holy God. He wants us to be participators in His work. Not stay on the sidelines. Don't we find it easier sometimes to stay on the sideline? Listen, we can help by praying for each other. Look in verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You know what he said in 1 Corinthians 15? That your labor of love is not in vain. Say, but preacher, nobody ever says anything to me about what all I'm doing. What does it matter? It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter 
what anybody else thinks. The only one that matters. He knows what you're doing. He knows your labor of love. He knows about it. And what anybody else thinks doesn't matter. It makes no difference. And I, I, I know I've told you this. These contractors that was in and out of my house. And my wife said, I'm glad when they're gone. But I told them, I said, you're not answering to me. You're answering to her. You make her happy. We're all happy. But listen, folks, we have a work to do. We can do it together. And be participators, not spectators. Listen to what he said in Ephesians 6 and 20. We need to pray for your pastor. Well, I don't have one. But he's out there. He's out there, and God knows who he is. And you'll know also when he comes. And it's not that I don't want to. It's just that I don't, I know this is not what the Lord wants me to be doing. I'm doing what I know God wants me to be doing, and I'm sorry. But I don't want you to think for a minute that I wouldn't feel privileged to pastor this church and you people, okay? But that's not the point. It's what God wants in our life is what matters. The most difficult decision I ever made in my life Number one is when I surrendered to the ministry. Second is when I left Calvary. But I don't feel like God's changing my mind about that at all. Pray for your pastor. That he might speak the truths of God's word. You never stop praying for your pastor. Never stop encouraging him when he's here. Because he needs it. Let each one of us become greater participators and not spectators. That's not what God needs. And that's not what this church needs. They don't need, we don't need spectators. We need participators. Get involved. Listen, folks. There's something that everyone can do. Something everyone can do. We can help someone. One thing we can help with, and that's prayer. Pray for each other. Pray for your family. Pray for this community. You know what the scripture says in Matthew 28? 18, 19, and 20. Jesus said, All power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And he gave this commission to the church. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. The biggest two-letter words right there is go. And we need to be obedient to the Lord and obey his command. So tonight as we stand and Brother Don uh, comes and leads us in a song of 
invitation. What is it that he wants you to be involved in? How does he want you to be involved in these services today? I was so encouraged when I watched the church last Sunday when you were uh, put in a, a, a pulpit committee together. It was exciting because it went so well. went great. And that's just the way God wants you to continue to operate together. Together. Working together for the cause of Christ. Not that I might get glory. Not that Daryl might get glory or Buster or anybody else. But God might get glory from every decision made. He's the only one that matters. He's the only one that counts. He's the only one that can do anything about all that we're dealing with here. He's the one. Never, ever forget that. Maybe you're here tonight and you're lost. You've never trusted Jesus as Savior of your soul. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church, if you've been baptized or anything else. The only way you're going to go to heaven is if you trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Confess your sins before a righteous and holy God and admit that you're sorry and that you've committed and you've sinned against him and he will forgive you. I know 